you'll get the inside and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. Physical big boy football travels. Bison Nation is the undisputed heavyweight champs of the FCS. Take the show on the road to the first state, Delaware, the first state to ratify the Constitution, the high I'm in Delaware State versus the number 18 Blue Hens and Danny Rocco, who have been chirping like pesky little birds all week about how they weren't prepared for the ferocity your bison came out with last September in the Fargo Dome. And I'll tell you what, boys and girls, the Rams... The Bison rushing attack is going to have a big, big afternoon set for a noon kickoff. Trey Lance, the sensation. First big road test for the freshman quarterback. I don't expect him to miss a beat. And the vaunted code green defense. The code green defense is going to shut down and make Life a little bit difficult for Pat Kehoe, the senior Delaware quarterback. This is Herded here with Swanee on 740 AM, the fan and 107.3 FM. Make sure to check out our show page at 740thefan.com. And thank you to our magnificent sponsors, Seaberg Power Sports, Walton's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance and Altidorf Trucking and Express. And this morning... We want to send out special thoughts, prayers, and wishes to one of the biggest Bison fans out there, Landon Solberg, and his family, Andrea, Travis, Emery, and Griffin. They'll be watching today. Thoughts and prayers to you guys. This is a big test for the Bison. I don't care who you're playing. You're going on the road. You're playing somebody else that's awfully jacked up. Awfully excited to play you. Delaware is going to have a full house. 20,000 people at their stadium rocking and rolling. Delaware is a traditional powerhouse in FCS football. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning quarterback, now with the Denver Broncos. He took them to an FCS title game back in 2010. They've won a national championship before that, back in the early 2000s, when Casey Keeler, the Sam Houston State head coach, he was in Delaware coaching them. They got a title there. They have a proud tradition, and they're a proud program. And beating the Bison today would be a signature victory for the Blue Hens. That ain't gonna happen that ain't gonna happen Delaware they're 2-0 and they're 2-0 and they beat Delaware State in the opener last week they had a three overtime thriller against Rhode Island if you have a three overtime 
thriller against Rhode Island, that does not bode well as you're coming in to face a team as physical, as skilled up, as well coached, a team that knows how to win on the road, a team that since 2011 has only lost three times on the road. That doesn't happen at any level of football. Since 2011, North Dakota State has only lost three times on the road. The Bison have won at places like Kansas State, Iowa State, and Iowa. Ames, Iowa is hosting college game day this morning. The Bison have won there. They've won at Minnesota. They've won at Eastern Washington. They've won at South Dakota State. They've won at Northern Iowa. The style of football the Bison play translates well and travels. Defense travels. Physical, big boy football. Relying on the Rams. Relying on that power rushing attack. That doesn't take a Saturday off. North Dakota State has a system down. They know what they're doing when they go on the road. When Trey Lance, the sensation number five, was named the starting quarterback for the Bison by Matt Entz in the offseason, one of the first things that Trey said when interviewed by the media was how instrumental and how influential it was for him last fall traveling to away games as that redshirt freshman rooming with Easton Stick, the juggernaut, seeing how Easton handled his business on the road, seeing how he meticulously prepared, going through all the situations, the third down calls, what are we going to do in the four-minute offense? What would we do in the two-minute offense? How to be a leader and how to comport yourself. That experience is going to pay big, big dividends today. Trey Lance, what's so impressive to me, he hasn't been rattled. He hasn't been shaken. He hasn't been flustered. You've got in-state rival North Dakota coming to your house for a juiced-up Fargo Dome that had its biggest crowd since 2015. And all the sensation did was go out and score another four touchdowns. All the sensation did, first drive of the game, Bison have the ball around midfield, third and eight. UND's got an opportunity to force a punt. Trey Lance drops a dime from the heavens into the arms of Zach Mathis inside the five-yard line. Goal to go, Bison. Dimitri Williams, touchdown one play later. Did you see how Trey Lance moves? How elusive he is? How he can switch gears just like that? UND's defense saw that. That third down and two play, NDSU is driving toward the band, toward the student section. UND had just scored the Bison need an answer. Third and two, Trey Lance, he's going to run. Oh, breaks, pulls up, jump pass, touchdown. Executing that play took some 
big boy abilities. Trey Lance doesn't get phased. After the game in the post-game press conference, Dylan Radins, one of the offensive linemen for the Rams, All-American, anchoring the unit, along with guys like Zach Johnson, big old Zach Johnson, and Cordell Volson. Radins made a point to say in the two opening games, Butler in North Dakota threw all kinds of stunts on the defensive line at Trey to see how he would handle it. They tried all sorts of things schematically on their on their defensive fronts, things that weren't on tape, things that NDSU hadn't seen going into the season. And Raiden said, Lance handled it like a maestro. He conducted that symphony. He got the Bison into the right plays, and he didn't panic. He did what Carson Wentz did before him. He did what Easton Stick did so well for so many years. The Bison quarterback has to call their own protections at the line of scrimmage. And you can talk about how Trey is completing 81% of his passes. You can talk about how he's thrown for six touchdowns and run for another four. You can talk about, and we will talk about, with Chase Miller from 740 AM, the fan, and Nolan Schmidt from Bison Illustrated, whether the Bison are running Trey Lance too much, because that's a question I'm getting from you guys all week is, Swanee, man, I like Trey Lance. I love what Tyler Roll's doing. I love what Matt Entz is doing, but I'm worried. I'm worried that they're running him too much, and he's going to get hurt. You don't need to worry. Matt Entz at his press conference this week said they're going to have Trey on a, a pitch count of sorts, just like baseball. Speaking of baseball, you can check out the Twins' doubleheader on these airwaves. This afternoon, 11.30 pregame against the Cleveland Indians in a monumental AL Central matchup. Today, we'll go a long ways in deciding that AL Central race first pitch at 12-10 and the opener of the doubleheader the nightcap pregame 5-30 first pitch 6-10 Matt Entz going back to our baseball analogy said they're going to keep a close eye on how many times Trey is running the football we're going to talk about that with Chase we'll talk about it with Nolan I think it's fine I think it's fine because you got to get that guy snaps you got to get that guy repetition. That is the single biggest thing. I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. I don't care if you're driving trucks. I don't care if you're planting corn. The single biggest thing for any profession is experience. It's repetition. It's taking the snaps. It's getting the at-bats. It's standing in front of the judge and making your argument. It's sitting in front of this microphone Bison Nation and telling you what's going to happen this afternoon. I think Matt Entz, Tyler Roll, and Randy Hedberg are saying, Trey, don't take any unnecessary hits. Get out of bounds. Be smart. But what Trey did so well against UND, if the pass wasn't there, he made a play. And how do you tell a guy, how do you tell your quarterback, your alpha dog, 
who's a playmaker, who's the fastest guy on the field, who's a threat to score a touchdown every time that football touches his hands. How do you tell him, don't run the ball? Don't run the ball. You can't tell him that. You can't tell him to play afraid. You can't tell him to have fear, to worry about taking the hits. You got to take the trading wheels off, brother, and say, trade Lance, do what you do. Go out there and be the most explosive player in the FCS that you are. Folks, we got a great show lined up for you on Heard It Here with Swanee this morning. We're going to go live, man, on the street. When we come back, we've got Mark Miller from the North Carolina East Coast NDSU alumni chapter, one of the greatest group of Bison alums in the country. I've had a good time with those folks when we were out in Columbia, South Carolina for the NCAA tournament, throwing on the fire hat, putting back a few cold ones. We're going to bring Mark on air. They've got a big party going on at the stadium in Delaware, and we're going to talk to him about that next on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. Yes, sir. At NDSU, unlike the no-good cattle rustlers and horse wranglers down south on I-29, it's always a bonanza. Every week, Swanee brings you his key moments behind the herd's bountiful harvest. Giddy up, bison country. to Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and 107.3 FM. Check out our show page at 740thefan.com. Make sure to listen to my new podcast on 740 The Fan, The Thundering Herdcast. Go to 740thefan.com. Click on the podcast link and go to The Thundering Herdcast. Friends, North Dakota State and Trey Lance lead the nation in passing efficiency. Leading the nation and having a good time and tailgating and having a just a really good party is Bison superfan Mark Miller out at the stadium right now. Mark, how are things in Delaware this morning? Good morning, Swanee. I heard uh, last we night. Are, oh, go ahead, buddy. We are uh, just about set up and getting ready to... Uh, to uh, libate and feed Bison Nation. They've traveled out here 1,500 miles from home. Now, before we get into the logistics of the party you guys are throwing there by the stadium in Delaware, how you feeling this morning, man? You clearing off the cobwebs a little bit? Because I know when we were texting last night, man, Ma Swanee, anytime you run into Ma Swanee, she's going to make sure everyone's having a good time. And it sounded like Bison Nation was having a real good time in Newark last night. Uh, we definitely definitely were. Uh, I'll tell you what, for a woman that small, she can throw them back. <laughs> yes, yeah, she herself. can. <laughs> Hopefully, you got that trait. Yeah, but, yeah. No, yeah. hey, we're we're set to go. Um, we've got fifteen hundred beers. We've got four hundred, three hundred burgers, a bunch of brats, hot dogs, and we've got fans starting to meander over. Now, part of the reason, Mark, I wanted to have you on this morning, going back to last spring when the men's basketball team was in the NCAA tournament, you and your group threw a fantastic 
get-together at that sports bar in Columbia, South Carolina. We had a really good time. There were buys and fans all over the place. So tell our listeners on Heard It Here a little bit about the uh, the group you have out there, what you guys are doing, being uh, all these buys and fans out on the East Coast and especially in the Carolinas. Well, we're just excited when the Bison are going to be playing nearby, whether it's uh, women's soccer two uh, uh, three years ago, women's soccer up in Asheville at UNC uh, Asheville, whether it's uh, men's basketball down in Columbia, whether it's football up in Youngstown, whether it's softball out in Chapel Hill. Uh, we're just going to show up to support. Cause we, I mean, we all enjoyed our time at, at the university. We, uh, Sorry, I've got. I'm also trying to direct traffic here, and you know, correct, keep the troops rolling um, as we're finalizing setup. But this comes down to just a love, a love and an appreciation for what the university did for us, and it's our way to give back because I don't think there's a lot of people that wanted to, uh, you know, bring their tailgate rig, haul their grill all the way out here. You know, they weren't going to check it onto a plane. So now you guys, that's where we're. The group you guys have, Mark, what, what's the name of it? Is it the Alumni Chapter of the Carolinas through the NDSU Alumni no, Foundation? The Alumni Association doesn't have official chapters. Um, we are simply NDSU alumni and fans of the Carolinas. Gotcha. And you guys, you guys get together. Um, you guys get together quite a bit to watch when the buys that are playing on TV. You guys are getting together, absolutely. having some good times. Absolutely. Right? We're we're at uh, a great restaurant called Jocks and Jills. It's right in. Uh, near the airport in Charlotte. So it's convenient to 77 and 85, both freeways that run through the city. We get people from Greensboro, Raleigh, Greenville, Spartanburg, Columbia, Charleston, uh, from the mountains. So we get, we get folks that'll drive two and a half hours to watch each way to watch a three hour game. We got Mark Miller here with us. Mark, walk, walk us through last night, what the scene looked like, what, what the Bison fans were doing, how many, folks you were seeing there in Delaware? Well, after about a nine and a half hour drive, it was, uh, needless to say, it was, there was nothing wrong with us feeling a little low key, uh, but we did enjoy a few over at TGR Fridays right in front of the hotel. Um, ran into some people that have, that have been to our tailgates at Youngstown in 13 and 17. Um, they're kind of up in the Ohio, Pennsylvania, Northeast. Um, we, uh, I mean, the crowd, you know, people were coming in. Uh, I'm looking across the crowd right now, the people that are here. And, of course, I'm, I see Bob Clark, Road Warrior. This is game 465 for this gentleman, and which so, is amazing. So, listeners know Bob Clark, the Road Warrior, has been to every— And the cheesy fan of the game, if I remember right. Yeah, when when game day was up here, he was. When ESPN's <laughs> game day was up here, Bob was the, the college game day cheesy fan— of the game. He's been to 465 straight buys and games going back to, I think, 1981 or 1982. He has not missed a game. That's right. Now well, tell- we're going to make sure he gets to number 465 today. Hey, amen, brother. What do you guys got going on? You mentioned you got a bunch of beers, you got a bunch of burgers. What what kind of crowd are you expecting? A couple hundred? No, we've got over 300. This is going to be our largest tailgate ever. So we actually get we actually are actually catering it this year. Um. We've got a great caterer from the area that is uh, actually firing up the grill right now, getting the coals ready. And uh, so a little bit easier for us this this time versus us actually doing all the cooking. 
Sounds like you're going to have some great weather out there in Delaware this morning. It is. It's beautiful, guys. Wouldn't mind a little breeze, so my flags are flying a little straighter. Yeah. Just a little bit, though. So, Mark, give me a little background. I know what you know. we were visiting out in South Carolina when the men's basketball team was there. Have you always been this big into Bison football, or is it as the teams won championships? Did that kind of kickstart your interest? Oh no, I mean, I was I was always in the first five rows of the student section in college, um, but uh, back then to get in, <laughs> um, back in uh, the late nineties. But obviously, you know, listen, success always helps on field success and name and name and uh, name brand uh, awareness. So it, uh, we actually started it in 09, or I should say in 2011, and we had two watch parties. We had the University of Minnesota game, and we had the national championship game. And then the next couple of years, we picked out usually about five to six games. And then it started after in, partway through the second year. We decided, you know what? We're getting good response. People want to come out and do this and join us. And, of course, you know, we're dealing with ESPN and – Sometimes the 780, 790 channels on DirecTV, or sometimes we had to stream it through a laptop. But everyone just said, you know what, let's do every game. So the last three or four years now, we have done every single game in Charlotte, with the exception of this week, because we're here. Um, But it's been, uh, we've got over 600 alumni in the Carolinas. We usually have anywhere from 20 to 30 a, a game. Yeah, a lot of the regulars, every once in a while, some people can come in. That's what's so, what's so impressive to me, Mark, between your guys' group, and I know there's the bluegrass bison in Louisville, Kentucky, we're swinging back the bourbon today, watching the game, doing the same thing. Just the passion from the bison fan base, and you don't, you don't find that at a lot of places in college football. I mean, this is SEC-type stuff where you got folks like yourself and your group that are making a point to get together and just celebrating – all things bison and what what impresses the heck out of me what you guys are doing mark is just that passion for following the bison and, and the love you have for the team brother well i mean that that's what it is and like i said before you know the university helped us succeed in our lives and this is a way that we can give back a little bit and like i said before you know it doesn't it's definitely not hurting that uh that the bison are having the on-field success and not just on the football field, but on the softball field. On the, I mean, we got more notoriety in 13 beating, beating fifth seed Oklahoma than we had of the two national championships already. Everybody knew who we were at that point, and that that helps. It, and that, it, 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 it that, just creates, that just creates more, uh, more awareness and, well, and more excitement. When we were in Columbia, you saw the looks on people's faces, especially the Duke fans, that area of downtown we were all hanging out at. Where they looked at us like, "Wow, you guys, you guys traveled this well." We had no the 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 uh, I forget the name of the pub and restaurant we were at where you guys had the party, but that place was full of Bison fans. That was Columbia, South Carolina, and that place uh, was wall to wall green and gold. Uh, Twin Peaks. And when I contacted that man, the GM, about doing that there, he knew about us in Frisco. In Frisco is the best weekend twin peaks has when it's a bison championship uh when the bison are in the championship so all the twin peaks knows what we do down there and he was like yeah man whatever you guys need bring it on 
That's hey, that that's awesome, so, Mark. Hey, I I appreciate you ha- coming on the show this absolutely. morning. I know I, I know it was a late and, night. We're about to open up the tailgate, open up the check-in table, and so I got to get back at it as well. Hey, man, if you you see my Swati, uh, you make sure she's not getting too wild and crazy this morning. That's that's more than a one-man job. Pa Swati needs well, all the help he can get out there. What I'm concerned about is I put her in charge of the tickets and the cash. Is that a problem? <laughs> well, you tell me in about three hours, buddy. Okay, thanks, guys. Hey, go buys and thanks, Mark. That's Mark Miller from the NDSU alumni group out in the Carolinas. They're having a big tailgate party out there. They're rocking and rolling, ready for about three to 500 buys and fans to join them on the East Coast. We're going to take a break, folks. Want to thank our sponsors, Seaberg Power Sports, Walton's Tire Service, Yankee Insurance, and Altendorf Trucking and Express. Make sure to check out the thundering Herdcast at 740 thefan.com click on the podcast link and check out the show page for heard it here on 740 thefan.com for all kinds of great buys and contact content content when we come back we got chase miller from 740 am the fan and nolan schmidt from buys and illustrated on heard it here with swanee Listen here, buys and country, as Swanee and the rest of the folks at the home ranch lasso up the good, bad, and mostly the ugly, the really ugly. Like a hard day and night of tailgating for 15 hours ugly of NDSU's opponents on the Thundering Herd cast. Fans of the Thundering Herd cast and heard it here, you great listeners, you're you are the power that propels the cornucopia of excellence that is this show. So I want to thank you for tuning in this Saturday morning. James Holm out in New York. King Coco listening online at 740thefan.com. Jonas Steckler and Eric Yonser are out there listening, and I sure do appreciate it, just like I appreciate our sponsors. Segway, Segway, Seaberg Power Sports, Weldon's Tire Service. Yankee Insurance and Altendorf Trucking and Express. I want to thank Mark Miller from the NDSU Fan Alumni Supergroup of the Carolinas chapter for coming on and giving us a little flavor of the party going on out there in Newark. Don't call us Newark this morning. Chase Miller from 740 AM, the fan, and Nolan P. Schmidt. Guys, we were just talking off air that Trey Lance is on pace to account for 60 touchdowns this season chase <laughs> i know and i was telling nolan that earlier in the week you and i were talking and and i said nolan okay so trey lance is on pace for 60 touchdowns but the tight end package of noah gindorf josh babich and ben ellison they're on pace to catch three zero my age in may touchdowns <laughs> and that is insane if, Ty- if tyler roll has it his way i think it'll happen yes guys. Yeah. you know I, the way the offense is going <laughs> now we, we've got some really good sound from this week tyler roll was talking about that that bunch formation with the three tight ends let's hear what coach roll had to say yeah i think you can do so many different things with uh that position group uh, on the field as far as you know if you have three tight ends on the field you're going to run the ball you're going to throw the ball if you've got two tight ends and a fullback and just the different things you can do with the play action run action and mismatches that you can create um with bigger bodies against maybe a, a smaller linebacker or uh, maybe a nickel db that's josh Linus bringing you that sound he's 
running the boards for us here this morning. Guys, those formations we saw, the goal line, goal to go especially, Ellefson, Gindorf, Babbage, the three-headed monster lined up tight. Nolan on the Bison Illustrated podcast at bisonillustrated.com and on Apple iTunes. We talked a lot about that this week. NDSU, one of the biggest concerns some fans had going into the year. Who is Trey Lance going to throw the ball to? Trey Lance has found some guys to throw the ball to. Well, I think through two games, we found that I think Trey Lance has the ability to probably throw it to anybody, regardless of, of who's on the outside, whether it's Phoenix Sproles or Christian Watson. Zach Mathis caught a big 41-yard pass play at the in the first quarter of the game against North Dakota last week. But I think one thing that we could all settle on is for sure Ben Ellison was going to be that safety net guy, right? And Ben Ellison didn't play against Butler, but yet what happened? You know, Trey Lance went out and, you know, bombed a few to Phoenix Sproles and, and had a few passes to Christian Watson as well. But Ellison comes back and immediately he finds him for a big 20-yard play. I think when we look at that touchdown that Ellison had down in the red zone, it was as much Ellison getting open, but it was more Trey Lance had a great pass fake at the center to to throw the DBs off. So I, I think those tight ends were – I don't know if we're surprised that they're getting all the looks because in the past we've seen NDSU utilize those tight ends, but in the past we've had guys like Jeff Elias. Andrew Bonnet are names that are coming off the top of my head right now that necessarily weren't you know known as pass catchers out of the uh, out of the formations. Ben Ellison, Josh Babich, and Noah Gindorf can all catch the ball at a really high level. So I think that's why you're seeing those guys get a few more looks. And if you talk to Tyler Rowe, he'd tell you that I, I've had five years to kind of with this uh, with this group, the the yeah. crew chiefs, to try to find ways to get tight ends and fullbacks involved more in the game. And, and listen, it's not like Trey Lance is going to him exclusively. They have seven receptions, guys. Only seven in two games for 108 yards, but five of them are touchdown receptions. So they are making the most out of their opportunities. And I think the biggest thing for Tyler Rowe is going, hey, if we can put different variations and kind of take a page from Matt Ensign. That's why he went for two against Butler. We're going to try to show as much on film. So if you're a defensive coordinator, if you're going up against this offense, what are you going to game plan for? And I don't know if if we've really seen them truly show what they want to do in the running game yet. We've seen a lot in terms of what they do in the passing game. We've seen that three running back look in the backfield with Trey Lance just a handful of times. It used to be almost half the offense it felt like last year with Courtney Messingham and running those wheel routes out I think they understand where they are with the depth of the running back situation they got a lot of good of tight ends and if Babbage and Gindorf and those guys that are coming up that can play the way they played in two games they're going to put a lot more of trust in that group when they're down the red zone to either block for someone or Swanee to catch those touchdowns we've got some really good sound talking about that Chase as far as the opportunities for the tight ends Noah Gindorf one of the buys and tight ends having a really big early part of the season had this to say. We are doing a really good job with the play calling right now and just knowing that uh, these plays are going to be good down the red zone. And uh, just right now they happen to be coming to us. You know, later in the year it could be going to the receivers or the running backs or, uh, you know, whoever. But we just got to make the plays when they come to us so far. We got correspondence from Herded here with Swanee texting into the Swanee fan club, Patrick Field, telling me, there's an NDSU flag on college game day down in Iowa. Bison flag is waving high across the skies of the corn state down in Iowa. One of the things that impresses me, guys, on his play calling. Chase, we talked about it on the Thundering Herdcast. Nolan, we talked about it on the Bison Illustrated podcast. The Bison have been afraid early in the season to go vertical, 
to stretch the field. We saw that early in the game against North Dakota where NDSU was taking shots downfield. We saw it against Butler at Target Field, the 47-yard first and 10 touchdown pass to Phoenix Sproles. And if you're a defense, I know one of the things the three of us had talked about when Matt Ants named Trey Lance the sensation, the starting quarterback, was how he gives opposing defensive coordinators so much to plan for, so many fits. And part of that is I don't know if anyone thought that Trey Lance would be slinging the ball like he is. He's 21-26 a 26 on the season, six passing touchdowns, leads the nation in pass efficiency. So North Dakota State, traditionally, that power run game is the bread in butter. But if you're a defense like Delaware and you have eight new starters, you have eight new starters who got grounded and pounded. Last year, Easton Stick shredded them through the air for 280 or 290 yards. How do you defend that? You've got the three tight ends. You've got Christian Watson. Zach Mathis had a big catch. You have Phoenix Sproles. You can have the Trey Lance run game. If you're Delaware, that presents so many problems. And what I'm really going to be watching this afternoon is how Tyler Roll tries to exploit that Delaware defense. And, I mean, we're not even talking about the the stable of running backs. I I don't think we've talked about because we're we're seeing those those vertical pass plays that we're not seeing those those running backs as active. And I, and I think when you watch the North Dakota game back, I think North Dakota did a really good job of giving NDSU some different looks to where they couldn't go through the A and B gaps that they really enjoy doing on a game to game basis. So it'll be interesting how Delaware kind of maybe takes away those A and B gaps. You know, I think teams are starting to really game plan for that. But at the same time, Trey Lance came out and took six. 16 carries against North Dakota and, re- and really shredded them that way. So the run game can be a, a little bit of give and take. That's another weapon that I don't think, you know, obviously Easton Stick had the ability to run, but early in the season, like, you know, Trey Lance through two games, we didn't see Easton Stick t- taking 16 carries against North Alabama. How about, we, you know, to that, to that point, guys, that's something a lot of buys and fans, I'm sure you're hearing it because I'm hearing it. Is Trey Lance carrying the ball too much, Nolan? That's, that's something that's coming up. You had just referenced it. If you're Tyler Rold, you pull back the reins a little bit, try to be careful, or do you open it up full throttle? Well, Matt Ents hinted at, do you, do you want to put him on like a pitch count or whatever at the at, at, in the post game press conference last week after North Dakota? And I get the concern, right? I mean, the last thing that you want is Trey Lance to go down due to injury, especially in a redshirt freshman year that he's you know obviously has ten touchdowns through through two games. But I, I think that NDSU is confident in what Zeb Nolan mm-hmm. can do if that does happen, one. But, you know, I, I think later in the year, we saw Easton Stick use his legs probably more than we've seen him use it in the in the previous eight games. The two games against South Dakota State that I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, he won those games with his legs, right? If, if Trey Lance needs to win a game with his legs, NDSU is going to let him do it. And, and I, I get it's the risk-reward factor, but I think, Compared to the Butler game, Trey Lance did a really good job of protecting himself. He wasn't trying to run everybody over. And that was the case in the UND game because, as uh, Nolan was saying earlier, if you looked at Ty Brooks's number, Cofield's numbers, they weren't great You know, for yards per rush. They really weren't. And the reason why NDSU was able to rush for over 250 yards half of them came from from Trey Lance you know so if you have the ability to do so that shows me that they have a lot of confidence in Zeb Nolan behind him if they're allowing him to run because if they didn't have confidence in the number two quarterback we probably wouldn't be see Trey Lance running maybe four or five times for for Trey Lance personnel 
calls to run the ball, not making something happen if the pocket collapses, not to make something happen that no one's available down the field, go and run. We've seen some direct calls where it might be a read option. It might be a play for Lance just to kind of have a pulling guard and run power to the right or left in a shotgun formation. So that's my biggest thing. And the other thing you hear in basketball, you live by the three, you die by the three. I think it's the same thing in football. You live on third down, right? And the offense, Randy, is you guys, 14 of 21 so far on third down efficiency. Defensively, opponents in Butler and UND are 8 of 24. So they're moving the chains and they're getting off the field, which is, uh, I mean, if NDSU is doing that with their game plan, it's going to be a long day for a lot of opponents that we've seen. And, and this is not to scratch their back. It's just the proof is in the pudding for the last seven of eight years winning the FCS national title. NDSU is number three, the third ranked team in the country running the football, the Bison are rushing the ball for 327 yards per game. And when we come back from the break, it it doesn't feel like that. What's so bizarre about this, and I don't know if it's because we haven't seen the 50-yard touchdown run, that 70-yard touchdown run. It's been a a combination of backs between Dimitri Williams, Cofield Brooks, Kobe Johnson, the freshman, Sabian Clark are getting carries. It doesn't feel like the Bison are rushing the ball for 327. 27 yards per game, and I think coming out of the gates today, that's something that the Bison are going to want to do. We'll be back with the concluding segment of this audio excellence on Heard It here with Swanee on 740 AM, the fan 107.3 FM and 740 com. Tattoo. Tickets also available at the door during the event. For all the information on this year's event, visit RoughRiderExpo.com. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? It's a glorious Saturday, isn't it? Boys and girls, I'm going to get done here. Pick up my uh, eight-month pregnant wife. She will tell you we're at thirty. We're at thirty-seven weeks. It's nine. It's nine months. And although I'm an attorney, I know well enough not to argue with my well, not to argue with my wife. Period. But especially my thirty-seven, thirty-week pregnant wife. She'll be ready for the Bison game this afternoon. We got Bison clothes picked up for baby boy Swanee. And if you can. Bet on one thing, taking it to the bank. Mark Miller from the NDSU alumni fan group chapter of the Carolinas. They've got 1,500 beers. 1,500 beers ready for the tailgaters out there in Delaware waiting to have a good time. And it is so great to see Bison Nation travel like that. We'll see a swath of probably 1,500 to 2,000 Bison fans at the stadium in Delaware this afternoon, fellas. I mean, that's the over-under we need to be watching, I think. is the finished the 1,500 beers. Uh, and, and Bison fans will finish. Take, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't doubt that at all. But I think, you know, this is a testament because, I mean, this is the furthest east that NDSU has gone ever. I, I think it was the, the furthest east that they've gone since, whatever, 1937 when they played George Washington, their first game in the eastern time zone since 07 when they played Central Michigan. I mean, this is a long trip for, for if you're coming from Fargo, but I mean, if you're coming from all across the nation, who knows how far some of these fans traveled to be in Newark, Delaware, 
to watch NDSU play the number 18th ranked Blue Hens. And it's also without Carson Wentz having a home football game. You know, just yeah, ju- just imagine exactly. if the Philadelphia Eagles were to host a team on Sunday, I think you would have had a lot more green and gold go go to the game this weekend. And, I, and full disclosure, Mark Miller's my dad's name, but it's not that Mark Miller. Not that Mark Miller. We have Chase's dad on the show. I mean, they, they can pound some back too, but I'll just say full disclosure that it's not my dad out there. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, Ma, Ma Swanee, they were texting last night, B. Sean, Brian Sean, calling the game on TV for KVLY. He sent Brother Swan and I a text. He ran into Ma Swanee at a restaurant last night. And if you run into Ma Swanee, God bless her heart. She has absolutely. If you think I don't have a filter and just say what comes to my mind, I've got a little Mm -hmm. bit of discretion. Ma Swanee has none. She has zero filter. Whatever, Whatever hamster wheel is running inside that head of hers, that's what's coming out of her her mouth unvarnished and sometimes you just kind of cringe you're like mom you can't say that but she's she's my bob and guys like anybody's bob she's earned the right to say whatever she wants i know later today uh totally different subject switching gears a little bit tyler axness from 790 kfgo our sister station he's hosting a tailgate at chubb's pub in north fargo so if you're looking for a place to watch the ndsu or und game or any college football Tyler Axness, host of Afternoons Live. He will be at Chubbs, where it's Wade Lindgren. The legendary Wade Lindgren from Chubbs from Maddock, North Dakota. Wade used to beat. Wade was a senior when I was a freshman, and him and his classmates playing football for the Bobcats. The freshmen, we were the meat squad slash tackling dummies, and they used to just beat the the Jesus out of us. It's his birthday if you see him up at Chubbs. Wish him a happy birthday, and I, I think, speaking of guys getting roughed up, Pat Kehoe from Delaware, their quarterback, is going to have his hands full with that code green defense. And I think that's one of the areas, guys, looking at some of the numbers. NDSU only has, I think, like two sacks on the season. I think they're going to be looking to boost that number today against a Delaware team that's averaging 33 pass attempts per game well if you recall I, I mean Delaware has a really experienced offensive line I think if I'm remembering it off the top of my head it's three seniors and two juniors so and Pat Kehoe was on the ground a lot last year at the Fargo Dome if you recall I mean NDSU got a great rush obviously it's a different defense guys for for North Dakota State but Pat Kehoe th- I mean threw three interceptions against Rhode Island last week was sacked twice but then threw five touchdowns in the second half alone so I, I think there's glimpses of, of Pat Kehoe being a really good passer, but at the same time, if North Dakota State is able to get around the edge and, and put pressure on Pat Kehoe, I think it's evident that he's prone to make more mistakes, and I, I think that's what's going to happen today. I think we're going to see a few interceptions. We might see a fumble or two. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Pat Kehoe's going to have a tough day, I think, guys. We're going to probably learn more about the Blue Hens and the Bison, I think, today is safe to say, just because uh, they, you know, they, they beat Delaware State, but not in a fashion in which I think a lot of us thought that they could beat Delaware State and then a triple overtime win against Rhode Island and to see AA team in Rhode Island's not like the bottom of the barrel not gonna you know go 0-12 on the season type of football team but is Delaware really a top 20 ranked team is my question I mean they're on the fringe they're right there and NDSU's a 29 point favorite a 29 point favorite on the road in comparison the Jacks are a 30 and a half point favorite in Brookings today against Drake 
I mean, that just kind of shows you <laughs> the discrepancy that you could have for North Dakota State going on the road, a team that's won two games, the number one team in the country, all the stuff that's behind them. I think we're going to learn a little bit more against Delaware. Obviously, they have that bad taste in their mouth from last year. Danny Rocco said earlier in the week, hey, playing them up there is a lot different than playing them here because there's an environment that you're not used to where there's no environment of that in terms of us going on the field and having to deal with 18,000 lunatics inside a dome venue. So sure, that could be the case. But Swanee, my biggest thing is, and we talked about it, I think we can say this every week. If you're chasing points against the Bison early, it's going to be a long Saturday. And that's something that Delaware put themselves in a situation last year. They can ill afford to do that here coming up later this afternoon. I think if you're Delaware, yeah, if you, if you let the floodgates open, it's going to be a long day. If you're North Dakota State, you want to come out, establish that run game, establish the physicality, take Delaware's crowd out of the game. But to me, it's a story in the trenches, guys. I, I think it's a story of the trenches. I think NDSU is going to want to run the football, and especially with Delaware's defense with so many new guys. I think I think Trey Lance, a sensation, he has another big day. Let's. Uh, what do you guys got? On tap, what are you watching for in game day predictions? Nolan, last week, last week you got the game day prediction right to yes, the I T Thank on you. the money. Thank you for for reminding me of that. Uh, it gave me just a boost of confidence. The matchup I'm looking at, guys, obviously a young defense. I think Delaware is going to try to run the ball a little bit more, try to establish that run because, honestly, NDSU's secondary is so airtight. I don't know if Pat Kehoe is going to be able to complete too many passes. I really don't. So the matchup that I'm watching is what are the NDSU running backs going to do against the Delaware front seven? I, I think it's vital, especially heading into a week next week against UC Davis. That's, you know, everybody has that game circled. You know, NDSU needs to get their running backs established, get them some confidence, give Ty Brooks a 100-yard game on 10 carries, whatever needs to happen. I, I think this is the game to do it because Delaware is so inexperienced. They might not be able to take away those A and B gaps every single snap. So for, for a score, I, I will say it's a 29-point favorite. I think NDSU clocks in and clocks out. I think this is a business trip. They're looking to – if they come out with a win, that's all, that's all they really want. I don't know if the score necessarily matters to them. I'm going to say last year it was 38 to 10. This year I'm going to say also 38 to 10. Also, I'm back to back. Nolan and I are on the same wavelength right now. I just got to tell you. I went 38 he, again. I can't. He, I can't. He took yeah. my score from last week when you tossed it to Nolan first and he said that I was in the hotel room going, You son of a. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the price is right. Yeah, yeah, $1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, for me, I'm doing the cop out for what to watch out for. It's Trey Lance. Can he do this three weeks in a row? And I think a lot of people have said, yes, he can because of who they've been playing so far and what he's been doing. But what happens if Trey Lance has a bad game? I'm curious how NDSU's offense, defense, special teams can come together if he's not nearly as on point. There's no reason for me not to think he's not going to do what he's done in the first two games against Butler in North Dakota. But can he do this now in a first true road environment where there's probably going to be 14, 15, 16, some thousand fans wearing a different color? You're going to play your earliest game. They're already having their pregame meal right now. They're already having their game meal. So my score, 35-10. I'm going to go 35-10. I was right around Nolan. I'm going 35-10 Bison. It's a big road test as the Thundering Herd head east to take on the number 18 Blue Hens. And it's going to be a day that the Blue Hens will want to forget because the code green defense is going to swarm like a stampede over Pat Kehoe, and he's going to spend a lot of time in that green, green grass looking at white and yellow jerseys and the sensation number five 
Trey Lance is going to do what Trey Lance does because he is the sensation and he's going to rumble and he's going to bulldoze those blue hands. It'll be a no-fly zone for Delaware today because the Bison are in town and they're winning big. How big? 49 to 10. Big. This is Herdy here with Swanee at 740 AM. The fan, make sure to stay tuned to 740 AM. The fan for Chase's show and later Twins baseball. And remember, the strength of the herd is the Bison. And the strength of the bison is the herd.